You're listening to the Quince podcast. After interrogating former JNU student and United Against Hate member Umar Khalid for 11 hours on 13 September, the Delhi police arrested him under UAPA charges post midnight for his alleged role in the Northeast Delhi riots of February 2020. This comes merely 2 weeks after Khalid had written a letter to the Delhi police commissioner SN Srivastava alleging that his acquaintances were being threatened with the same UAPA charges into writing statements implicating him in the violence. In several FIRs and charge sheets Khalid has been projected as a quote unquote key conspirator and mastermind of the riots with the police claiming that the communal violence was a quote unquote premeditated conspiracy allegedly hatched by Khalid and two others although there's still no evidence linking him directly or indirectly to any violence so far even as the delhi police have been severely criticized by civil society members lawyers activists former ips officers for conducting a biased probe and for leading a witch hunt against anti caa protesters Khalid's arrest is one more name in the list of anti-CA protesters like Natasha Narwal, Devangana Kalita, Safura Zargar, Gulfesh of Fatima and others who've been booked under the dreaded terror charges this year over allegations of playing a role in the Delhi riots. So what are the charges that have been leveled by the Delhi police against Khalid so far? What is the police's narrative about Khalid's role? And what's raising question against the Delhi police for conducting what many describe as a not so subtle unfair probe into the Delhi riots? In this podcast I'll be shortly joined by senior correspondent of the Quint Ashwarya S Iyer who covers stories on communalism and has been closely following and reporting on the Delhi riots investigation. You're tuned in to the Big Story, the podcast where we dissect the headline making news for you. And I'm your host Shorbury. More than a hundred charge sheets and seven fifty-one FIRs have been filed, and around fifteen hundred seventy-five people have been arrested by the Delhi Police in connection with the riots that happened in waves over three days between twenty-third February to twenty-sixth February in Jafarabad, Majpur, Gokulpuri, Chandbagh, and Wazirabad areas of Northeast Delhi, which ended up killing fifty-three people. But coming to the most recent developments, Umar Khalid has been arrested under the UAPA as we've said and also booked for sedition, murder, attempt to murder and several offenses under the IPC. Khalid's father SQR Elias who's also the national president of the Welfare Party of India accused the Delhi police of quote unquote weaving a false story and using the same tactic as has been used to silence intellectuals and activists linked to the Bhima Koregaon case. Now the Delhi police special cell is yet to submit the charge sheet for FI 59 that deals with the alleged conspiracy behind the Delhi riots of February 2020. They're likely to file one on 17 September. However, Khalid's name has come up on several FIRs and charge sheets as a conspirator. When in April 2020 the police had booked Jamia Millia Islamia students Miran Heder and Safura Zargar under the UAPA charges they also booked Khalid under the act in at least four charge sheets related to the riots the police alleged that Khalid had met suspended and jailed Aam Aadmi Party councilor Tahir Hussain who's also been booked under UAPA and activist Khalid Saifi also a member of the citizens collective united against hate on January 8 at the Shaheen Bagh protest who allegedly planned the riots and my colleague Ashwarya Ayer elaborates more on the several charges against him so far 
Yes, Shorbiri. Uh, let's look at the various allegations uh, that have been made by the Delhi police against Umar Khalid. Uh, to clarify right in the beginning, Umar Khalid has been named as an accused under FIR 59, uh, which is now known as the conspiracy FIR or the conspiracy charge sheet, alleged of course. Uh, he was named under this on the 7th of March. He was one of the first people who was named um, under uh, FIR 59. UAPA was added as a as a charge to it much later. Uh, so if you look at now, of course, we have to wait for the charge sheet under FIR 59 to come to be able to properly scrutinize what they have against him, considering he is named as an accused in this FIR. There have been several other charge sheets uh, in the Delhi police probe you know you know there are over 750 FIRs so there have been several other charge sheets where the where Umar Khalid's name finds a repeated mention uh, for example as you rightly pointed out um, so FIR 65 and 101 uh, amongst other FIRs uh, is where the 8th January meeting has been uh, spoken about now uh, that is one place where they say that he met Tahir Hussain, who's the AAP counselor, also in jail, uh, and Khalid Sefi, who's also in jail. Um, you know, he met both of them, and this is where uh, the riots were planned. You know, to to do a big blast in the police's words during when Trump visited. You know, other than that, there are also flowcharts where Umar Khalid's name is mentioned. For example, FIR 101, which is primarily about the former AAP counselor Tahir Hussain. There is a flowchart which, uh, you know, where his name is prominently mentioned right above Umar Khalid's name. And I'll tell you what the chart sheet reads in that area. It says a flowchart showing Tahir Hussain speaking and connecting with a host of other co-conspirators has been prepared and shown below. All these persons along with Tahir have had a well-planned and deep-rooted conspiracy to precipitate and cause widespread riots in Northeast Delhi. Uh, then, you know, there is also a private meeting uh, which was held in the end of January. This is not the 8th January meeting. This is a different meeting according to the supplementary charge sheet under FIR 50, which uh, investigates the violence at Jafrabad, you know, which can be seen as the epicenter of violence because that's where it started. Um, so here in this private meeting, there's a public witness, Y, who was told the police under section 161 and 164 of the CRPC, which means to the police and in front of the magistrate, that in the last week of January 2020, Umar Khalid had participated in a private meeting close to Silampur. This is where Umar Khalid had told them that only speeches were not sufficient, uh, that the government was anti-Muslim. Uh, you know, he went ahead and said the following lines. खून बहाना पड़ेगा ऐसे नहीं चलेगा चक्का जाम ही आखिरी रास्ता है हमें सरकार को घुटनों के बल लाना ही होगा संघियों की सरकार ऐसे नहीं मानेगी which means in english that we have to shed our blood um, you know there's no other way out of this the roadblock is our last resort um, we have to bring the government down to its knees otherwise this this government of um, you know of right wing uh, right wingers will not listen to us and other than that uh, under the same FIR 50 supplementary charge sheet, there is also an allegation regarding uh, funds that were arranged by Umar Khalid. Uh, so I'll tell you exactly what it says in the um, in the charge sheet. This is in the form of a disclosure statement. To clarify, disclosure statements do not have evidentiary value, um, but we will talk about that later again. So coming back to the disclosure statement written by Gulfisha Fatima, it reads that, that Umar Khalid used to help uh, to organize protests financially as well. He used to say that we should not worry about money uh, and that he will get us money from PFI, uh, which is the Popular Front of India. Now, the first allegations against Khalid, in fact, surfaced on social media when BGP members started sharing a clip of his speech delivered by him in February. In a tweet that has more than 7K retweets, BJP IT cell head Amit Malviya had written, and I'm quoting his tweet, Umar Khalid already facing sedition charges gave a speech in Amravati on 17 February where he exhorted a large Muslim audience to come out on streets in huge numbers when Trump arrives in India on 24th February. 
Was the violence in Delhi planned weeks in advance by the Tukre Tukre gang? End quote. Now that allegation was not only backed by Home Minister Amit Shah in the Parliament, but two charge sheets submitted by the Delhi Police related to the Chandbagh area violence also claimed that a conspiracy was being plotted to carry out a quote-unquote big blast during US President Donald Trump's visit in February. And in these allegations of a conspiracy, Khaled emerged as a key target. In response to criticisms over its investigations, even as the Delhi police recently said that it has, quote, meticulously carried out investigation in the most professional manner, unquote, are there reasons yet to question the police investigation? And before Eshwarya takes over, I'll quote a few more lines from the police's statement. They said, quote, It is alleged that anti-CAA protesters, including social activists, academicians and students, are being framed in false cases. Some are taking out few lines of charge sheets filed in the courts out of context in order to create a controversy and doubt about the investigation. Their assertion is not true and instead motivated. It is worth mentioning that it is for the police to conduct investigation and submit its report to the court to take cognizance in the matter for trial. End quote. But what is the basis of the police's allegations of a conspiracy? Are there gaps in the narratives? Have there been other questionable aspects in this investigation as Khalid's letter alleges? And back to Ashwarya here. Regarding questionable aspects uh, to the investigation, Shorbri, there have been several red flags uh, for a couple of months now. Various activists, intellectuals and former bureaucrats have uh, written uh, to even the President, Ramnath Kovind, regarding uh, the biased way in which uh, the investigation has progressed. They've gone ahead and said that, you know, in open letters of solidarity, that it, it appears at least, um, you know, that the Delhi uh, police investigation is motivated and biased. Other than that, there's also an ex-IPS officer, Julio Ribeiro who has written a letter to Delhi Police uh, Commissioner. He's written an email, actually, uh, to the Commissioner in Delhi to ensure a fair probe into the Delhi riots. This email was written recently, and he goes ahead and says that the riot probe is targeting patriots. So there have been red flags since the very beginning. But if we come back, you know, to the various allegations against Umar Khalid, let's take them one by one, and I'll tell you, you know, why there are loopholes in, in in the in the narrative that the police is building. For example, the 8th January meeting. Now, this is a story that we broke, uh, of course, you know, a couple of uh, months ago now, where it was the charge sheet says that on 8th of January, uh, Tahir Hussain, Khalid Saifi, and Umar Khalid had met, and they had decided to have a big blast uh, for when uh, you know Trump visits India um, in the month of February 20. The riots were planned to be happened, I'm reading the chart sheet, uh, during or prior to the visit of US President Donald Trump. That's what the chart sheet reads. However, uh, the investigation that was done um, by us shows that, you know, uh, nobody knew uh, when Trump was going to come to India on 8th of January. We checked uh, PIB releases, which is government releases. We checked Ministry of External Affairs releases. We checked news reports. And the earliest report is also on 13th of January. So, you know, how do you explain that these three men knew when uh, Trump was coming to India when, the, when you know, nobody else literally did? Uh, so that is, you know, definitely a loophole or a question worth asking, um, you know, in the course of the trial. Other than that, we have, you know, these various flowcharts that have been linking Tahir Hussain to, uh, you know, uh, to uh, Umar Khaled. And again, you know, these are allegations 
of uh, planning the riots, of masterminding the riots that have been vehemently denied by Umar Khalid's lawyer Tridhi Pais again and again. Now let's come to the private meet that happened in the end of January. Uh, so we, um, you know, we spoke um, uh, to Umar Khalid's uh, lawyer because this is a statement that was not only um, recorded under 161, which is to the police, but also to the magistrate. So we had to go ahead uh, and we felt the need to speak to Umar's lawyer. Umar's lawyer told us after reading the charge sheet, uh, he said that this reference to an allegation against Umar Khalid is completely false, fabricated and procured illegally through duress. Now, of course, this is something that they'll only be able to prove in the course of the trial, um, you know, which we will all have to wait um, for. And of course, after that, there is the allegation regarding uh, him arranging funds from the PFI, the Popular Front of India, which is a controversial body. Um, you know, it is it is called anti-national by a lot of people. So this uh, PFI um, allegation comes from a disclosure statement made by Gulfisha Fatima. Again, disclosure statements are statements that do not have evidentiary value. For example, Section 25 of the Evidence Act, which clearly states that you know such statements cannot be taken. Um, uh, taken to prove anything in the course of the trial until and unless the exception is that it leads to recovery of evidence. Now, is that happening? Uh, we don't know. And recovery of evidence means like the word murder weapon or something. So, you know, these allegations are something that they'll have to prove in court. So only if they prove it in court will, you know, they stand a chance uh, in the course of the trial. And I must add here, you spoke about the letter that was written by Omar Khalid uh, to the Delhi Police Commissioner a few weeks ago, you know, where he where he says that so and so was forced, was coerced, was pressurized, was threatened, uh, you know, to to go ahead and and, and write a statement uh, against Omar Khalid, uh, and he had to do that because you know the other if he didn't do it, the police had literally threatened to book him under UAPA. But another interesting aspect of this letter, of course, it had Omar Khalid's name, but it also had other WhatsApp groups' names, which will implicate various other activists. For example, there is the Ham Bharat Ke Log and the Delhi uh, protest um, support group, DPSG, uh, which is again something that we have reported about. These two WhatsApp groups, uh, you know, have as their members various noted uh, intellectuals and activists, including uh, Rahul Roy, Yogendra Yadav, Apurva Nand, Harsh Mandar, um, you know, uh, lots of lots and lots of people. Uh, so it's not only Umar Khalid who that statement implicated. It also, by extension, by naming Hambharat Ke Log and by naming the Delhi protest support group, it's implicating them as well. So this is, um, you know, this is the major cause of concern. And speaking of questionable aspects of the investigation, Umar Khalid's arrest also comes at a time when the Delhi rights investigation has triggered a political row over CPIM leader Sitaram Yachuri and Swaraj Abhiyan chief Yogendra Yadav being named in a disclosure statement of an accused in the Delhi rights. Just a day before Khalid's arrest, along with Yachuri and Yadav, the police named economist and academician Jayati Ghosh, Delhi University professor Apurvanand, and filmmaker Rahul Roy in his supplementary charge sheet in one other rights-related case for having quote-unquote encouraged anti-CA protesters and this relying primarily on disclosure statements made by three students, Natasha Narwal, Devangana Kalita and Gulfisha Fatima, who've all been in custody for more than three months. And here too, these developments are raising eyebrows because, well, for one, Devangana Kalita and Natasha Narwal have identical disclosure statements. And two, as legal experts say, even though the police claim that the three accused have confessed to their involvement in the alleged crimes, statements made to the police in custody are inadmissible by law. 
only statements made before a magistrate are admissible with the exception of those statements that lead to recovery of evidence now even as the delhi police carries on with its investigation it's been continuously alleged of implicating anti ca and anti nrc protesters in a number of fictitious cases subjecting peaceful protesters to a malicious investigation and turning a blind eye to obvious cases of hate speeches delivered by bjp leaders ahead of the riots but what is raising so many doubts about this investigation and you know this is where i'd also like to say that the quint has been at the forefront where it's come to um, covering the delhi riots and you know and the probe as well uh, right from when the riots broke out in february uh, the quint uh, which is various colleagues of mine as well as i we were on the ground on ground zero uh, reporting the violence unfolding in front of our eyes i've seen the first vehicle being set on fire between jafarabad and mochpur on the 24th of february and uh, you know even after the riots now if you see months after the riots it was the quint uh, which went ahead and started reporting on the various complaints and allegations against bjp leaders uh, regarding their role in inciting violence uh, now these are complaints which have which are yet to convert to firs this was a trend that we started that various other organizations followed up on weeks later uh, again there are various sides to the delhi riots that we have that we first broke or we have covered comprehensively uh, you know you can look at the the anti dalit side to the riots you know it's a very comprehensive story that we've done which you'll you will find that at the uh, at the delhi violence probe if you if you type delhi violence probe the quint uh, you'll find a topic page where all our stories are so you'll find this anti dalit side uh, of the delhi riots over there uh, you'll also uh, with or whether it's about you know the rss members being arrested we were the ones who broke the story that they were arrested for murder and rioting during the riots or the fact that sharjeel imam was arrested now sharjeel was in jail for a month before the riots so what is the reason that he was arrested so what we've done is we very comprehensively reported on the riots from various different angles uh, we've also ensured that every time we put a report out we give adequate time to everybody uh, to respond to the various allegations we've also analyzed chart sheets and found loopholes in the way the police is uh, investigation is progressing So yeah I mean if you if you guys really want to read about the Delhi riots then I'd suggest you go to our topic page you go to our website uh, and you find our stories If you like listening to this episode please subscribe to the Big Story playlist for episodic updates we'll have on Apple Google Podcast Spotify Jio Seven and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms For other podcasts please log on to the Quinn website and check out the podcast section for any feedback shoot an email to podcasts@thequinn.com Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quint's website and check out our other podcasts. 